Hello, and welcome back to For the Love of Beauty. Michael, how you doing? Hello, I'm doing well. It is summer. It's June. It is Pride Month. I mean, it's summer. It's like 80 degrees today. Um, So yeah, it's Pride, and we have a really, really great episode uh for pride this year we do honestly this was one of my favorites um you know we talked a lot about what's going on and what we can do as hairdressers to really kind of change things like i think really if you had to look at the moral of the story of everything that we talked about i think things are starting to change Mm -hmm. and it's a beautiful thing and they're changing for the better um we talked to Madden Ray Lopez from um, Project Q. That's who we talked to today. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, it, it's it was a really great conversation. I think that uh, Madden just gets into some really great stuff with everything that they do around the community. I think that they give some really good advice on uh, what you can do as a stylist today to just be more in- inclusive and, and and it goes beyond inclusivity, but also intersectionality to make sure that inclusivity truly impacts and includes yeah. everyone and not yeah. just sort of the, the people that look like Jessica and I. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a really important conversation and Madden definitely, I think, gave us a lot to think about. They have a super just... amazing story and everything that uh they do i i honestly am still kind of mind blown of everything that i know honestly the conversation i was blown away i mean the amount of um that what they're doing for the community is so beautiful and i just i felt like it was such a privilege to talk to um, them. So I am really excited about that. And one of the things I know I've said this, but one of the things is like, um, we really discussed gender based pricing and gender based services, which I think is so relevant today, every day moving forward for hairdressers. So I think that this conversation, no matter who you are, will get something out of it. And you will learn something new because it was it was just it was a great, great conversation. So today, uh, our guest, we have Madden Ray Lopez, who is the founder and executive director of Project Q. They knew from an early age that they wanted a career doing hair. Due to early experiences as a child, Madden made it their life's mission to focus on LGBTQIA plus youth, founding Project Q in 2012. Since then, they have devoted their free time to making this a reality. In 2018, and excuse me, in June 2018, Madden opened Project Q Salon and Community Center. So so Madden, as we were sort of getting ready for the um, podcast and we had had some emails back and forth, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but one of the things that I really like about Project Q is obviously that it's so focused on LGBTQIA, not only just for clients, but I think that's really important for hairdressers as well. And, and we'll get a little bit into that, but have you worked in salons that didn't have a focus on that? Yes, I've worked in salons that, um, you know, I that I didn't even feel comfortable in, mm-hmm. that I didn't feel comfortable asking for the type of style that I was looking for. So much less being able to have, you know, a safe space for others that needed those things as well. 
Yeah. And, you know, I think something that um, some people who are not within the community don't understand is that coming out is not a singular experience. You don't generally come out just once. You actually end up kind of having to come out constantly. You have to come out every time you get a new job, every time you meet someone new. And I have actually never worked in what I would consider an LGBTQIA plus focused salon. I've worked in salons where I will say we were tolerated (laughs) and we were, you know, I don't think we were necessarily like lifted up um, or, or really considered in a lot of decisions, but I've actually, I, I think people think in the year, you know, 2021 or even in the last five years that, that discrimination against especially cis gay people is largely kind of a thing of the past. And it's absolutely not. I've had people complain about me as a hairdresser specifically because I was gay and like mm. mentioned that and like dared to just like let it sort of come up in organic conversation. And so one thing that I just wanted to mention is I just think it's really great that you you have this space, not only for clients, but to allow stylists to just sort of exist as they are because it is such a, it's sort of such an exhausting experience to have to put in the energy to your work and then also kind of put in the energy to like constantly be metering yourself to make sure that you're not reading kind of too much one way or the other. Right. I mean, and I'm non-binary, so I read in all different directions at all times. (laughs) And I'm, I'm thankful that I have a space that I get to show up as my full self, however that is that day. Um, and I really did it cause I needed it, you know, and then it just mm-hmm. turned out that other people did as well. Yeah. How does one, yeah. how does one find out about the salon though, and know that it's a safe place for that community? It's interesting. It's a lot of word of mouth. It's, okay. I would know, think so. We, we have tabled at events for years and, you know, um, we're a part of the LGBTQ community more so I would say even than the salon community. I know that I know a lot of stylists at a lot of different salons just I've been doing it for almost 20 years, but I also work at different LGBT centers and um, have a stronger relationship with spaces that are more queer focused. And so that's how people usually find out about us. And we also do free haircuts for homeless and housing insecure youth. What's interesting about that is that when those people can pay for haircuts they're so excited to be able to pay for themselves and for somebody else that's how we kind of get to grow even though we have a sliding scale they get so proud to be able to then give back wow so that's how our community keeps growing that's really that's amazing so um a lot of our the audience knows like michael and i are hairdressers and i worked behind the chair for a very long time before going to corporate world and was a hairdresser and this is something that i find very passionate and i i was like michael please let me talk about this because i think it's really important is um like from a salon perspective um I, I what I like to know a bit of like gender-based pricing, gender-based services, like how because I really feel like it's starting to change because when I was behind the chair it was like men's haircut, female uh, women's haircut. And I now being on the other side of things, I hear a lot of people 
they're upset about pricing and they they don't understand it. And hairdressers don't know how to talk about pricing and certain things like that. So I always am thinking, I personally, I'm like, it should be an hourly thing. You should be charging by the hour. If I were behind the chair nowadays, that's probably how I would have done things. But I'd love to know how you do things and then how you have that conversation with your clients. Yeah, so it's interesting. I have folks sometimes just walk in off the street that don't know who we are and they're just like, do you do men's hair? And my answer is always like, I don't, like, what are you asking me? Is it on your head? Like, I'll do hair on your head. Like, I won't do any other part of your body. And if it's on your head, then it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, And so that's that's kind of the way that we approach things is if it's on your head, that's where we do your hair. But also I do some fades that take so much more time than a long haircut does. Right. Um, and, and adversely, sometimes some people are growing their hair out and they just want to have some like a dusting, I call it like mm-hmm. that is sometimes cheaper than yeah. a short haircut because a short haircut, I'm like trying to get that perfect bald fade on somebody whose hair is super fine, you know, like, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. So I, I actually have gone to the point where I charge by hour, especially when it comes to color and things like that. But when it comes to haircuts, um, we have a sliding scale as it is. And that sliding scale is based on how long it's going to take me. That makes perfect sense. And there's no question behind it, you know, and right. the clients doesn't get to the cash register and they're like, wait, it's going to be this much, you know, right. I, I love that. I think that's a really cool conversation. Yeah. And and I like that you talked about the fact that so, so when I was still behind the chair, there were two things that I would have considered specialties in, which were uh, color and short haircuts, which at the time I did refer to them as men's haircuts. And, and because it was, they were generally specifically, uh, on men. However, at the end of the day, I just really like cutting short hair. I I don't love to cut long hair. I think it's kind of boring to cut. It also makes my, it makes your shoulders ache because your arms are there for so long. Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it was an interesting thing though, because I worked at different places that didn't necessarily have gendered pricing, but they did price based on time. But I experienced a lot of what you're saying of like, there were certain people that I would be cutting that for whatever reason, that short haircut might take me an hour and that long haircut might take me a half hour, but the long hair was always paying more. And I think that in general, that tends to still end up being kind of gender-based in that like the expectation is that generally women will have long hair and for whatever reason, as society, we have just decided that we should pay women less, but charge them more for services. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, years ago, I can't remember who did the story on it, but there was a really big story that exploded around it was a news crew that took the same shirt and had a woman taken into a dry cleaner and a man taken into a dry cleaner, exact same shirt. And they paid different prices. They ended up going to a salon asking for the exact same service. Granted, she had long hair, he had short hair, but I think the service was like, I just want an inch off throughout the entire shape and paid vastly like different prices. And there was one other thing that they had a service basing that they had them to go do and they paid different prices. And so this has to Jessica's point been a conversation for so long and it's, it's still a a conversation. And what I'm curious, Madden is it, do you find that being an obstacle day to day now, or because that's just sort of the, the front that you have that it's, it's pretty easy now. 
it's not something that I really have any issues with because I created all of the, everything that you're talking about is systemic sexism, right? Um, That is pretty much what we're alluding to. So in in systemic sexism, you, you are having to deal with the ways in which society has created obstacles for one sex over the other. Mm. And thankfully enough, I've created a space, I've created a system where we are negating that specific issue. So I don't have to deal with it because I made a space where I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> That's, I mean, thank you. It's amazing. But what what advice? So a, a lot of people like, you know, in, in different areas of the country and the world, they may not have the ability to go to a salon like this and to have that safe space for them. So how would you recommend to have that conversation for somebody? Let's say they're, I'm from New Jersey. They're in the suburbs of New Jersey at a salon and their owner is like, no, we're not charging hourly. And this is what we have, men's haircuts, women's haircuts. Like, how do you have that conversation? How would you give advice? Because I want to know, I would want to know as a hairdresser, how do I have that conversation with my clients, with the owner? How do you talk about it, you know? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, first there's the Dress Code Project. If y'all know about that organization, they do, oh, oh goodness. about to put you up on game, okay. The Dress Code Project uh, run by Kristen Rankin they specifically, um, they have a directory of all of the queer and uh, non-binary accepting salons across multiple uh, continents. So number one, that the, check them out if you're a stylist or if you're someone that is looking for a service. Number two, um, remember that as a stylist, as an artist, as someone that is providing a service, even if there's a million of them out there, we have the one thing that we can give people like ours is individual and unique. And if you are working in a place that isn't supporting that, then please try to find a place that you can feel supported because then you're not going to bring in the type of clientele that is going to be responding to you the proper way. Similarly to how you were saying earlier, Michael, about people (laughs) complaining about you being Mm -hmm. like in in, in the LGBTQ community, like if you were working at a place, like. I, those people aren't going to walk into my place. I'll tell you that much, yeah. you know, don't want them to. we don't want them. We don't, their dollars are not welcome. So those are a couple of things, but in having those actual conversations, um, I would say that for salon owners, for people that are like, need to open up their mind, Dressco project also has um, uh, workshops that you can take to learn how to be better uh, salon to have better safe spaces for queer folks and then for stylists same but also we're the ones that are talking to them we're the ones that are building that relationship so how are we going to help the world see them or how are we going to help them feel seen Mm -hmm. in the world if we can't see them first so really taking that time out to have the consultation I I I try to look up um you know iPads have changed my life my like Mm -hmm. entire hair world I used to have magazines right like literally my own book of photos that I printed out at the print shop wild huh (laughs) times have changed so um having you know looking up on google google imaging not looking for um men's haircuts but looking for short hair and then picking their curl pattern right and that'll show different genders and we don't have to worry about that or let's say they want a face frame. Um, let's talk, let's look up face framing haircuts, round face. 
as opposed wow. to adding those genders in because hmm. first of all, Google's biased as it is. Yeah. Um, so if we're, we're only adding biases when we're adding these keywords. So taking gender out of the search means that we're going to find maybe some um, variations of what this person's looking for that have nothing to do with their genitals, which is what we're trying to do. That is really cool. Cause I, I did use the iPad towards the end one and it was like, I was a colorist and it was like, all right, here's my blonde. Here's the blondes. Here's the red. And I loved it. It was the best thing ever because it gives them a reference to see color and stuff like that. But I love how you organize it differently. And it's through curl pattern and you show it to your client. This is your curl pattern long. I love that. That is, that's Mm -hmm. a really great tip. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, this is turning into an Apple commercial. I also really loved <laughs> using iPads behind the chair for exactly what you're saying. And I think that, yeah, you've definitely taken it a step beyond. I think what I ever did though, this also, you know, was several years ago. It was as much of a focus for me, I think, as it is now. Yeah. Um, but it, it is, it, it is really great. I think how technology has changed. And I, I think to your point, allows us to be more affirming where I think society maybe is, is still holding us back because yeah, those magazines and especially hair magazines, hair books, those types of things uh, were always very gendered and also just not very diverse. And it was, you had to really pour through things to find what you need. And yeah, now you can just, if, and I, I love that you kind of, you know, Jessica and I, um, of course, being more corporate, we work a lot around search terms and things like that, but you've kind of found a way to hack search. And I think that that's really great because, um, yeah, it, there's absolutely some bias when it comes to that. So Project Q is is not just a, a salon. It's actually, it's a community center. It's it's uh, what I, I see looking in seems to be very community-based. You exist really for... Um, the, the community around you. And you are Los Angeles born and raised, correct? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're in Chinatown right now, but I grew up okay. all over LA. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really become more like a resource center. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Like, cause you, you all do quite a bit. You do. Um, and I, and I apologize. I'm totally blanking, but I was pouring over the website. Well, as we were getting ready for this episode, um, but it goes beyond uh, it's focused on LGBTQIA, but it, you focus on people that are having housing issues mm-hmm. uh, and youth. And so can you just tell us a little bit about uh, what project Q really is at its core? Sure. So we, specifically focused on homeless and housing and secure queer youth of color. Um, I know that that is a very narrow little area, but here's, here's why. Um, I'm a black person. I have 4C textured hair. I'm non-binary and I like to have my hair long. Sometimes I always shave this down really, really, Mm -hmm. really tight. Um, I've gone to barber shops where I walk in and I'm misgendered. I am hit on by barbers, I am um, disregarded or unappreciated, right? Or when they realize that I'm a queer person, sometimes I don't feel safe there. Now I've also been and worked in salons where I've been told that my hair isn't really hair, it's more like wool. Um, And that I don't, uh, my like, you know, even worked for product lines where they tell me that the product line doesn't really work for my hair, but it's not supposed to. So 
with we with all of those things encompassed, I realized there was no place for me. So I had to make a place. I made a place for myself. There are so many people like this. There are so many people that fall into this intersection of queerness and blackness. And now if you add gender variance and you add housing insecurity and you add being kicked out at an early age and not having family, we know our relationships with our clients. I have clients that I've had for years and years and years. That's my family, right? So now I get to turn on and build that relationship with these young folks that have been kicked out of their homes, might not have somebody to take care of them or teach them how to do simple things. All the things that I learned how to do behind the chair because I started doing hair when I was like 16. I learned so many things about my body. I learned so many things about relationships and society from being behind that chair and just talking to people. Yeah. And so um, that is the relationship that we're trying to build. Now, these young people, they come in, they get a haircut. It's free. Quotes, air quotes, it's free. They're paying uh, by taking a free self-empowering workshop like financial planning, nutrition on a budget, meditation. Um, so the way that they're paying is by growing, which is a very interesting thing, but it's, it's the incentive is for them to come in and get the haircut, come get a fresh fade, come feel cute. While you're here though, let's help you learn something that might get you out of the situation that you're already in. So what that does is it starts to strengthen our young, really our, our younger uh, generation so that we can have, when I'm old, when y'all are old, we can have people in place and in power that are going to take care of us because we took care of them. So during COVID, haircuts, not, not really a thing, okay? Yeah. So we had to pivot. Haircuts, I always tell people, I don't think that doing somebody's haircut is going to end homelessness, but it might help somebody feel better about themselves and know that they're worthy to fight for their own housing. So we had to take it kind of down a notch. Haircuts are like, Mm, on the on the scale of need, they're 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 important as many people have learned having to be stuck at home and doing kitchen haircuts. Mm-hmm. But we had to take it down just a notch. Now we focus on food and hygiene products. Wow. So while folks are distant and not close to us, we're doing monthly food and hygiene box drop-offs to our homeless and housing and secure youth. We also have a community refrigerator at our salon. So our salon has been kind of transformed into a food delivery system. And so we have two front doors, one back door. One of the front doors, the refrigerator lives right in front of. And so this is a contact-free People can come by and open the fridge and get whatever they need. Um, And we're on a couple of different websites so people know that we're there and they come in, they eat, I'd, I'd say three or four people an hour come by. We go through about four pounds of food a day. Um, and then we also have our pantry that is 24 hours and people come by and can eat food even when we're closed from there. Um, so that's the wider range of who we are when it comes to hair. We are focusing on making sure that people feel good in their gender, whatever that looks like. So we have everyone that comes through to work with us has to know how to cut black hair. Both my stylists, I got right out of school and was just like, this is how you do it. Let me show you how to do it because it's easier to teach someone who already cares about the community how to do hair properly than it is to teach somebody that knows how to do hair properly how to care about the community. Absolutely. Am I talking too fast? No, no, no okay. this is great. Oh. I think we're both just in awe. Oh my of, God, um... I'm like, I love you. What you're doing, are you kidding me? I'm, I want to get involved. You're saying this stuff and it makes me just adore you as a person. Thank you for what you're doing. You're making a difference in the world. So Thank I you. Mean, congratulations, kudos. You make me want to cry. I feel like I'm not doing enough. I want to help. I want to be a part of whatever you're doing. Um, beautiful 
it's like I have chills. Like it, um, what you're doing is really beautiful. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, man, I'm given given who listens to this, which is primarily hairdressers. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, you know, idealistically, this all sounds really amazing and and not to get like too into your personal business, but you mm-hmm. still have bills to pay. You still have, uh, you know, two stylists that are are working with you that also have bills to pay. So how how do you sort of balance the the like business aspect and and, and needing to make any amount of money with also giving back to the amount that you do? You know, I really have to give honor to my two assistants. Mm -hmm. I have two program assistants. One of them runs our food and hygiene box program. um, And the other runs our our product line program. So being able to depend on them is so important. I also have the, we're a nonprofit 501c3. So I also have a board of directors that just, completely takes care of so much of the back end work and making sure that we have connection to the right people um, and also making sure that we are able to stay afloat. We also have members. So we have monthly members, kind of like a Patreon, people that give us money on a regular basis in order to make sure that our lights are staying on. So it is, I have to be honest, thank you for asking that question. It is very hard to juggle all of these things. My poor wife is like, it's 9 p.m., please come to bed. It's very difficult, but um, I just, especially coming back from COVID, things are opening up again. I just need to be doing things for my community. I have to. Um, I am only doing hair one day a week. I cut Mm -hmm. way back and I was at six days a week before COVID. Um, I cut way back. Uh, My my clients are pissed, but like, (laughs) and I'm booked out to September, but like, it's fine. That's, this is what I have to do to make sure that everything else is running properly. And what's interesting is that, you know, I have a mobile salon as well. Um, I call it the hair stream. Um, it's, we took it across the country and we did haircuts for homeless and housing and secure youth through the, through the South. And so, um, I, I started saving money for the hair stream in, 2012, $5 out of every haircut I put away. So that, and it took me two years to buy my first trailer. And then I traded up and traded up and I finally have something that works really well. Um, and what's so I, I just, it, what's, what, what I was getting to is I was like the tithing for my dream. I was like putting money away so that I could have this thing that was, that I, that I could like, you know, take care of us. And now it's the other way around. Project Q is taking care of my stylist. Project Q is taking care of my staff. It's the it's the thing that is keeping everything afloat so that we can continue to do the work that we do. And uh, that's that. It's so funny putting all of that those that money away and making sure that I was going to be taken care of and could purchase something to take care of us means that we're taken care of. It's it's really trippy how that works out. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it just is. Even when it comes down to the food, I always catch myself coming to work and I'm like, gosh, I didn't bring lunch today. Oh no, I'm so hungry. I only have five minutes to eat. I have a refrigerator that I feed people out of wow. and I can grab my, you know, so all along the way, as much as I have tried, and I'm only going to speak for myself, not as Project Q right now, but myself, Madden Lopez, as much as I've tried to help my community, all of that has created this safety net underneath me to make sure that I'm taken care of too. And so that's how I balance it is by knowing that whatever I give, I'm also giving to myself. 
That's wild. I I am curious. I want to know a little bit more. I'm sorry, Michael. I want to know a little bit more about the hair stream. So is this something that you're still doing? It's a U.S. tour. I know that. But what prompt I want to, I'm curious, are you still doing it? And then what prompted the desire to even to have the hair stream in the first place? Well, the hair stream was actually the original goal. Oh, I never, I never hoped to open a salon. I never wow. had hoped to. My goal was to be able to go to different shelters and do haircuts and go across the country and be a, re- a representation. I didn't have a lot of representation as like a young queer yeah. kid of color. I didn't have that. And uh, even like I was so afraid to come out to my stylist I never did you know as a young person I've been I've been in the salon for a long time a lot of young black folks are because they're like straightening our hair I, I had a relaxer by the time I was in second grade like I had my wow. stylist and I didn't have a mom growing up so my my mother figure my female figure was always my stylist never came out to these wow. women because I was terrified so being able to be that representation and having young queer kids across the country look at me and go huh okay wow. that's okay. what I wanted I just wanted that moment I don't know if y'all like musicals I love musicals I but, do uh, I love you musicals. do did yes. you see fun home no like singing in the rain oh. is my favorite I'm going like 1940s okay. yeah okay this is like a <laughs> this is like a more much more recent cult classic queer um, fun home fun home Alison okay. Bechtel okay. there's a song that she has in fun home called ring of keys and it's just talking about this herself as this young kid seeing like this bull dyke lesbian UPS driver that like gets out of the truck and delivers something and they have this ring of keys and she sees herself in this butch bull dyke and she's just like I don't know what it is is it the keys it must be the keys (laughs) so anywho I just hope to provide this ring of keys moment for folks the only thing that the only thing about it is I know how to do hair that's what I know how to do so I just use that to create that moment um and so the trailer my my hair stream it's beautiful it's one of my favorite things in the world when I left the last salon that I was at that I did not own I had this moment where I was like I don't want to work for anybody else ever again I don't know you know you know when you leave a salon you're like what do I do I don't know what to do I just have to go to the next place and then all of your clients Mm -hmm. you want to see them as soon as possible Mm -hmm. I pulled my trailer up to Echo Park Lake and cut hair with a generator like for two months and saved enough money because I wasn't paying rent to be able to open up our own space wow. so again I did the thing to try to create something for our community and it was there for me when I needed it yeah. ultimate boss over here what how cool that's awesome <laughs> you had a thought and you're like I'm going for it this is what's happening and it's just that is literally it <laughs> amazing. a lot of people can't say they do that so that's awesome. Yeah, it also makes me really stubborn. So that's okay. <laughs> what, well, what sign are you? Do you I'm follow? a Libra. Are you? Oh, okay. So you're like measuring all the different uh, outcomes. Trying to weigh the options. Yeah. Yes. That's cool. But you're decisive, which is nice. Sorry, I'm getting off topic. Sorry, yeah, I have no Sorry. idea what any of this means. Yeah, well, Libras um, tend to be indecisive, but you seem very decisive. <laughs> well, uh, I'll say, what are, I'll off say a menu, this. maybe. I I force myself into decision making, which often leads me into situations that I'm not happy with. Oh, because I'm a Libra, and so as an evolved Libra, I have to force myself to be indecisive and allow myself to not know. Cool. Um, that's, that's for all the Libras out there, that's a, yeah. that's good advice. 
All right. Uh, so I do have one more question. So I think um, obviously we we love what you do um, from Project Q to um, all the the resources and, and the community involvement. Um, if if a salon owner or a stylist were listening to this today and uh, they want to make maybe. I don't want to say a single change because that's so arbitrary, but just a change to be more inclusive and intersectional. What do you recommend for sort of something small every day that, that people can start, just start with? That's a good question. It is. Yeah. For stylists, I say, learn all textures of hair. Maybe not. If you cut hair, learn how to cut all textures of hair. If you do color, learn how to color all texture, because I'll tell you what I had when I used to have a fro, I had a stylist do highlights on me, but they did slices and I just had lines in my afro. And, and I remember I was, and I was an assistant at the time. I was, I was her assistant. I was just like, girl, you don't, I can't believe you just gave me cheese stripes, you know? Um, (laughs) And so that's, that's, that's what I mean by being able to be inclusive. Just learn something that's outside of your comfort zone without changing what it is that you do. You don't have to change yourself completely. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually talking to a couple different people about this this week that there is lately been a lot of online discourse around hair, which I think is great. And specifically around all textures of hair. But what I kind of see is this weird I'll call it an imbalance of people saying basically like if if you are going to do hair, you need to do all services, all textures. And that I completely disagree with. <laughs> However, I and I love the way that you said it, and that's exactly how I think of it is so myself, as I was a color specialist, I did a ton of corrective color behind the chair. As a colorist, um, yes, I need to be able to do all textures of hair. Um, without question. Uh, but as someone who I'm not big on styling, so I would never, I actually would prefer not to style anyone's hair, but that's where when it, when it comes to really, really fine straight hair or really anything that's not just sort of like an easy S wave pattern. Um, and by, I just mean easy as, as the shape as the wave pattern, like that is really the only thing I can try to get styled. Other than that, I, I just, I'm not great at styling. You know what I mean? And so I don't claim to be, I, I don't, I, if, if I end up in a situation where that's expected of me, I of course try to give that work to someone who is not going to mess it up. Um, but I, I like that you said that because I think that Yes, there's a lot of pressure on hairstylists to do all textures, and I absolutely think they should, but it's within the realm that they already work. Um, Mm. I I don't think that someone who's a colorist necessarily needs to go out and learn how to braid. You know, I I think that that becomes, and, and my other sort of caveat to this is I also fear that the more and more we sort of are pushing people to do all textures. I actually worry about the stylists of color and specifically black stylists that I, I'm afraid will end up getting pushed out of spaces that they've created for themselves and their businesses. You know what I mean? Hmm. Huh. I do. I actually worry more for the for the clients that that people are going to be learning on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's also fair. Yeah, and and, and that is. That, that is a fair point because I think that is really what starts this discourse is someone 
saying that they can do something that that they can't do and and they're kind of trying it for the first time and um yeah i do uh, have an opinion on this as well and i think (laughs) are you surprised i think it's super important to at least try to learn right Mm -hmm. i think what when i hate keep i hate keep going back to this but it, it really is relevant but in hair school i was 18 years old, I didn't learn to do all different textures. That was not something that that was part of the prerequisites to be able to get your license. When I went to the salon, I didn't have classes that were available for certain textured hairs. Like, and at that time we didn't have internet and all those different things. So I wasn't able to go out and search. I just was able to do the hair that came into the salon. But I think what is really important and what we need to really focus on as this industry community, everything is really like, at least be knowledgeable about what is out there and what exists to a point where no one's saying, yes, you should become an expert in styling, an expert in coloring, an expert in cutting. But I do think it's important to learn what you can push your boundaries, like see what else is out there. So at least you can speak to it. You know how to speak to it. I think it's important to kind of educate yourself in that way. Yes. And a lot of, I mean, a lot of different products are out there, but most of these product lines also have education, right? So when I look at, when I, when I think of the product line that I worked for, when I first started doing hair, I was doing their R and D, I was doing some education. um, And they specifically were like, sorry about it. It doesn't work for your hair. Um, If they had just thought for a second, like, maybe we can make a product that does work for your hair. We, you know, like just right. a, a second. And I think that, yeah. and that's why I don't think that it comes down just to a stylist. This is another system that has been created that is yeah. lopsided, Yes. right? So yeah. it really does yeah. come down to the people that have the power to create that yeah. avenue for folks to be able to learn um, in a language that they yeah. already know and a culture that they already know. And so I, there's a lot of work to be done. I'm not, I'm not surprised that, you know, no one has taken it on because it's hard work, but I care about our community. I care about our industry enough to know that, that uh, there's a, a change is coming and I'm thankful to be, I feel as though we're positioned um, project Q specifically is positioned in an area where our clients will reap the benefits of that and our predecessors will reap the benefits. Anybody that is coming to us to learn our stylists will reap the benefits of our hard work. So, yeah. Yeah. The, the, I do. I had another thought that, um, you know, a lot of people I think want to talk specifically about schools and how they're not learning it in school. And, and that's fair. And that's not an excuse in any type of way. However, to your point, Madden, we also have to look at who who we buy curriculum from because there's just a handful of companies that really control, at least in the U.S., the curriculum and the education as of recently really just was not there. Yeah. I went to school like outside of Flint, and so I did learn wow. pretty much all textures because that was what was yes, that's where I grew up, and uh, so that was you know what we had, but. I do recognize that had I gone to school 30 miles north of that, I would not have learned all textures and I would have had to pick that up. But to Jessica's point, we live in the information age. (laughs) We can learn anything that we want to learn for pretty much free. I mean, it's not free, free, but you know, 
for the most part, people have phones. They have access to platforms like YouTube where this information is really rich. So I, I think to your point, Matt, we are getting to a point where it, uh, that, that shift has to even back out because yeah, the, the system right now is completely stacked one way. And that goes from, from product companies to uh, curriculum and to how schools are run. Um, and yeah, I think that, I think we're getting to where hopefully it will even back out because it's, it, it's, it's just a shame that people have to check at the door if, if they can uh, be serviced there. And that's, you know, that's the case for queer people in different ways as well. But I think specifically just for, for a many black women, it, it's just a shame that, yeah, they have to sort of check at the door or really research to find a place that will do their hair. And they don't just kind of have the free access that a lot of people have. Right. I mean, I have no idea what it would be like to have free access to that. It's not something that we yeah. ever really have, but you know, it, it definitely, there's, there's, there is a change coming and there's a, there's a reason that it's this way. I'll say that it is this way intentionally. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's white supremacy. You can say that if that's what you're, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's white supremacy. It's capitalism. It's classism. There's like a lot of things at play when it comes to this. And I, I, I I have to share this. I saw, I'm, I'm like an, my assistant calls me a, geriatric millennial i don't know if that's really a thing <laughs> it is. you're on the old i think i'm a geriatric millennial too so Whatever. <laughs> so i um so which means that i have tiktok but i don't know how to use it so i like to like look at it yeah. Same. Um, yeah so i saw a tiktok today that was this like young black woman and she was saying so um i wear my if i wear if i straighten my hair then y'all are mad that i'm trying to um that I'm trying to in- embody Eurocentric ideas of beauty. If I wear a wig, that you're mad that I'm not wearing my natural hair. If I wear my natural hair, then you're telling me that it's not professional. So y'all just don't want me here. Like, just say you don't want me here, you know? And it was so, I was like, that's right. Like all of those different levels, like, what do you, what do you want? And they were like, and don't, don't let me shave my head bald because you're already hyper-masculinizing. You know, it was this, she broke it down so well. And I was like, this is exactly it. And I think that so much of that has to do with not having a conversation of how beauty standards are affected so much by Eurocentric ideas of beauty. Um, And this kind of goes even even in the in the gay community, right? Like that doesn't I know for myself, I'm not a stud, like I'm 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 a genderqueer, but I have dreadlocks. But you know, like, so what does that mean for the way that I show up? And does that tilt my masculinity? Like there's all of these different little boxes that we're kind of being put into and we're the stylists. We're the ones that are, the, mm-hmm. are that are either helping people fit into those boxes or breaking them down. And so I, I hope that more often than not that we're breaking the boxes down. Same. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Madam, we are, kind of getting to the end uh, yes. of our time together. So there are a couple things that we we want to do. Every episode, we have a moment of beauty where we each just uh, sort of recognize something that uh, we've seen, experienced, or um, just been around. Honestly, Jessica and I have also just turned this into like uh, just things that make us happy. Um, <laughs> we've talked about hot sauce before. Um, so I'll go first and then Madam will have you go and then Jessica goes last. Um, so 
uh, obviously COVID is still not over. We, it's still very much something we need to be paying attention to. However, it is getting better. I am fully vaccinated, which I'm, I'm very excited about. And, um, so I have been, I'm not a super social person in general, but I have been sort of being a little bit more social. I had brunch with a friend recently. I, I met up with some people earlier this week. Um, and it's just been really nice to just kind of be out and, and see people again and, and have conversations in person as opposed to through a screen like we're doing right now. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's been really nice. And, and I've, uh, I've enjoyed getting to see the, the people that I've gotten to see. I actually finally got to see Jessica after yeah. like a year. I saw her. I week. was shocked at how long his hair was. In my hair, yeah, Whoa. I really need to get a cut. It is really wild, it, but it should be like here. And really, yeah, it needs to. That's like two feet. You need to cut off. I know it's a lot. So, all right, Madden, what's 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 your moment of beauty? Oh, what's my moment of beauty? Okay, so I bought my wife a bunny last week. The animal. The animal. An animal. <laughs> A okay. baby bunny? Not a rabbit. I bought her a bunny. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, you got it. All right. Sweet. Yeah. So I got her a bunny. Um, and it's just really cute because I have this elderly dog. He's like 14. And she just like loves this bunny so much. And seeing them interact and seeing how excited she gets is that's like my beauty right now. It's my favorite thing yeah. ever. I love that. That's super cute. Uh, my moment of beauty. I feel like I'm going to go a little deep. I feel for myself personally, there's just been changes in my life and they've been beautiful changes. I'm going to be moving soon. People come in and out of your life, you know, for different reasons, the journey ends for certain people. And I just feel very blessed for, I feel blessed because the people I have in my life, I love them dearly. And the people that are no longer in my life, I let them go with peace and happiness and love. And I just feel like there's a lot of new beginnings happening for me. So that, that's where I'm at in my life. Yeah, I'm, I'm vibrating good. high over here. This is good. Yeah. So, uh, man, we want to, of course, give you the opportunity to plug whatever you want to plug. So, of course, there's the salon Instagram uh, project, Q, whatever you want to do. Go ahead. Let us know how people can help too. I think that's really important. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So you can check out projectq.me is our website. And there you can find all of the different events that we have going on. Our Instagram is project underscore Q underscore. And there you can see what, whatever we have coming up. I like to post really weird things, but also a lot of resources. We have a lot of resources available there. Um, best thing that you can do to help us aside from funds, because funds are always great, is by volunteering, making sure that we have what we can, uh, that we have the people power that we need to make sure that our community is fed and taken care of. Um, for instance, we have a volunteering event coming up on June 20th. We're having our first ever youth pride. We're, we're having haircuts, vaccines, food, we're having um, clothing donations, we're having shoe donations, and we would love to have people be able to come by and volunteer. So if you go to projectq.me, then you can sign up for our volunteer list and become a volunteer to help us at Youth Pride. Um, other than that, we also have um, our, our June food and hygiene box deliveries are happening on the 13th. 
And this month we're doing what I call a rainbow apron, which is like blue apron, but for days. And we're having folks deliver not just food, but also recipes that are specifically for people that only have like one pot or like a hot plate so that people can learn how to cook nutritional food for themselves. A little bit of nutritional justice, helping people eat um, things that are going to keep them healthy. Absolutely. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, um, everybody definitely, uh, if you're not in the LA area, definitely if you can donate to Project Q, I, I think that it's a really great cause. I will actually definitely be donating. Um, of course, Well, a company is making a donation to the LA, uh, LA LGBTQ Center, uh, but I, I would love if, if the people listening to this could just make a make a small donation even to project q or just check it out and and if you're in the la area it sounds like there's plenty of opportunity to get involved so with that uh we want to thank you so much for listening you can uh rate comment subscribe you can find us anywhere that you can find podcasts as well as youtube you can look for us at wella education uh and with that we are good so thank you for listening and goodbye bye